Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We've made it to chapter 5 of 1 Peter, living in the face of ridicule. And in this chapter, we have to understand, Christian, you are under attack. Satan will attack our military, or I should say our spiritual leaders. Satan, the commander-in-chief of all evil, is our enemy. He attacks God's army and seeks to put us out of commission by either getting us to turn away from God and follow worldly or fleshly temptations, or to get God to turn away from us, placing us on the shelf because of our selfishness and pride. Satan's primary goal is to keep us as far away from God as possible. Now, God tells us that we can be as close to him as we want to be. Here's a good outline to follow as we study 1 Peter 5 together. Satan kind of has a threefold battle strategy as he attacks our military leaders in the first four verses, and then our marching soldiers, verses 5 through 9, then again 12 to 14, and then even attacking our magnificent Lord in chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. As we have heard said many times, everything rises and falls on leadership. God chose gifted and ordained elders to lead his people not just in how they preach and teach, but in how they think and how they live. In the books of Titus and 1 Timothy, God gave us his requirements for the consistent character and godly integrity of those he chose to lead the children he loved so much. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, here he uses Peter to remind our pastors and leaders of some of the ways Satan could sneak in and take control of their heart's motivation, contentment, and loyalty. Peter has the platform to exhort these elders, pastors, and shepherds. The Greek word for exhort is more often translated beseech or comfort and is one of those most encouraging and kind words that can be used for a Christian leader's ministry of confrontation. Very few people like to be ordered into obedience, shamed into obedience, or even scared into obedience. They respond so much better when they are lovingly encouraged to obey. Literally, the word has the idea to call near or to one side. Peter has a been there, done that mindset as he wrote to these spiritual leaders. When Peter wrote to the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. He was not only giving credibility to his authority as an apostle, but also reason for heartfelt motivation for their service to God as spiritual leaders. He was a witness to Christ's suffering and glory. He saw Jesus laugh. He saw Jesus cry. He saw him suffer. He saw him glorified in his transfigured state. Peter was an eyewitness. By the way, a slow read through the Gospel of Mark reveals much of what Peter personally saw that impacted his heart and changed his life forever. Now, Satan attacks the priorities of spiritual leaders by confusing preaching with programs. Peter writes, feed the flock of God which is among you. Those who have the opportunity to serve the word of God to others have one of the greatest privileges God has given to mankind. As a spiritual shepherd, you can feed those you serve and stand between them and hunger. You can protect them by standing between them and their enemies. You can feed them hope and faith and love and confidence. Anyone who consistently and faithfully feeds his horse or his dog has a loyal friend for life. No animal, whether it be a horse, a dog, a sheep, will run from a caring caretaker who consistently feeds him. Now, on the other hand, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There are stubborn animals, just as there are stubborn people who refuse to eat and be filled even if a buffet is set before them. 
Those who live on a fast food diet, shakes, burgers, and fries, often shy away what is best for them, broccoli, spinach, and peas. We often only want to eat what is enjoyable to our taste. Spiritually, too many live on a fast food spiritual diet, only comfort food that makes them feel good or soothes their conscience, rather than the spiritual food that confronts, convicts, and causes serious change in life. Serious, satisfying preaching takes diligent study, intense focus, and a passion for truth. If you have a pastor that has faithfully fed you God's Word in such a way that you are able to taste and see that the Lord is good, you can be so thankful. Now, Satan also attacks the motivation of spiritual leaders by confusing devotion with duty. He says, not by constraint, but willingly. We are not in life to do what we want to do, but to encourage others to do what God wants them to do. It is easy to become a religious, well-programmed robot. Have you ever felt mechanical in your walk with God, serving out of duty rather than devotion? Those who serve willingly out of love will have a ministry. Those who serve grudgingly out of constraint will have a job. By the way, Satan also attacks the contentment of spiritual leaders by confusing need with greed. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Leaders should not be greedy for money, but eager to serve. It should never be, what's in this for me? What am I going to get out of this? Or how will this make my life easier, more comfortable? When our needs are met, we are free to serve. When our greed takes control, we become enslaved to the shackles of discontentment. Paul warned the young preacher Timothy in the first letter that he wrote to him that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and those who are controlled by covetousness instead of contentment are prey to wander from God and open themselves to a ton of sorrows. Now, Satan also attacks the loyalty of spiritual leaders by confusing their allies with their enemies. He says, neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being examples or examples to the flock. Selfishness produces conflict. Pride creates mutiny. When a leader lords over his followers and treats them like they are non-thinking, worthless individuals, he causes division in the ranks, which allows the true enemy to continue his destructive attack. When a leader pridefully lords over others, he is not humbly submitting to the true Lord, the chief shepherd, and therefore forfeits the crown of glory promised to those who faithfully serve. By the way, a wonderful promise for all spiritual leaders is the knowledge that the chief shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, will someday appear. This is a great motivation for spiritual leaders to be constantly aware that they will give an account to God for their leadership. Our love and loyalty to God and those we are called to serve will help us keep our focus on who our true allies are and who our true enemy is. We are under attack, but even our enemy knows that God will be victor in the end. Hey, our time's up. I hope you've enjoyed the meditation today. But always remember that this is a day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good day.